Thank you, Jesus. Do you believe? Amen, amen, amen. Come on, I, I think we can do better than that. Do y'all believe? Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys so much for that wonderful song. Amen. God is so good to us, isn't he? If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading out of one scripture. <laughs> Second, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The beloved King James says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, in this chapter, chapter 9, you can... It talks about them giving a generous gift. It's literally he's discussing the gift that they're giving. He's sending those to uh, to receive that gift that they that they have put together. That they're giving to the poor of Jerusalem, and, and so amazing, you know, to think of the generosity for those in need in that area. And and he finishes by reminding them that there's something greater. There's something that's Beyond imagination, there's something that, that they could fall, that they couldn't be able to comprehend or be able to give enough to. And then he uses this one scripture, and it says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. I mean, can you imagine? You know, they have been in their minds busy. And how many know that we're busy these days trying to put together things to help others, trying to, trying to uh, make sure that everybody has what they need during these seasons. And, and we get so caught up in the busyness of trying to make sure that everything's working together, right? And, and then, we, then, then Jesus, or the Lord reminds us right here, thanks be unto God. For his unspeakable gift, it automatically shifts our attention. It automatically refocuses everything that we have been thinking, all the stuff, right? And, and look, I mean, these, we've got some busy bees around here. I'm telling you, these guys have done an amazing job of decorating. Don't we have a great crew? Amen. And many of you were probably out at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, you know, Friday morning, you know, in the store somewhere, or if not, you were on your app thinking that I could beat the crowd and be on my app and get whatever I need for Christmas. How many have already done some Christmas shopping? Mm-hmm. I've got my hand raised because, you know, I'm pretty much done. That's because they've all been bad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But we have. We've been busy. We've been thinking about what's, what to give. But having our attention brought to this one scripture, can you imagine when he says this, how it sets our hearts to sing of, of the amazing gift that God has given, of the amazing love that God has given. I mean, man can give so liberally. He can give so generously, but you can count what he gives. You can see the value of the gift. You can look at the receipt, if you will, and know the value of the gift that you give. But when God gives, it's beyond a receipt. It's beyond a measure. It's beyond a debt that we can be able to pay. It is something fabulous. This is something amazing. And, and God breeds a big heart into mankind so that we can have a big heart to give. Amen? Amen. When you think of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it really is defined in two words, giving and forgiving. Giving and forgiving. 
And we, we can never be able to comprehend the gift or even uh, imagine how uh, enormous that gift really is. I'm really not going to spend time on the first part of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 uh, and talk about what they did and how they did. But I want to spend some time really and, and, and just talk about this unspeakable gift. I was telling uh, the crew this morning in our, in our, our team meeting, I said, you know, guys, uh, Tuesday I began stirring with these scriptures on the gift of God. And, and I really uh, have struggled with limiting down what that looks like, the gift of God. And to think of how gracious that gift really is to us. And so I want to spend just a little bit, just touching really the tip of the iceberg of, of this scripture. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And I want to, to, to really focus on the fact that, number one, salvation is altogether the greatest gift that we can imagine. Amen? Would you agree with that? I mean... To think of the unspeakable gift, I mean, we can proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ over and over and over and over again. And it's still necessary because we live in a world where so many have heard the gospel, but from the moment of their experience with God, the longer they've been in this, sometimes the more self-righteous they become. And therefore, we need a reminder of why we are righteous. It is not of anything that we have done right? The reality is, is there's so many who have heard the gospel yet do not understand the word grace. And how many know that we still struggle sometimes with understanding how the grace of God truly works in our life, right? I mean, to think that grace means unmerited favor. To think that grace means free gift, right? I mean, we hear the terms, there's no free rides, right? And yet, God has chosen to give us a gift enormous, more than we can ever imagine. And the other idea is, is that sometimes we spend so much time and we get so confused with what that looks like because we automatically get into a mode of let's fix it or let's do it ourselves or let's try to uh, gain the love of God through some manner of participation in something and yet it cannot be won over by anything we can do. Simply and plainly, salvation must come as a gift of God. Aren't you glad? For salvation comes to us by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. When I think of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool. I started to do a little beatbox there. And I said, no, I won't do that. I know. I'm still young at heart. Anyway. But to think of the Lord Jesus Christ, I mean, it blows my mind that God so loved the world. I mean, does that not just, I mean, that, uh, I know that that scripture, we see it on both billboards, we see it on bumper stickers, we see it all around, that God so loved the world, I mean, I am talking about the people that have turned their back on him. I am talking about those who have, have caused him to suffer. Those who have, uh, have, have basically been traitors to the plan. And God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God gave his only begotten son. It's, it's really inconceivable in my mind that, that I, knowing who I am, knowing the faults that I have, knowing the failures that I have, that I have made, knowing the, the, the trouble that I have caused, knowing that uh, I'm the son that your mother warned you, knowing all these things, right? That I would merit even an inkling of a gift from God. I mean, to think that God gave his son, his only begotten son, is, is more than I can grasp a hold of. But not only did he give him, but he gave him to die for me. Isn't that amazing? That God, almighty, maker of heaven and earth, would allow his son to come to die for you. I don't know if we grasp that. I don't know that we spend enough time contemplating the, the, enorm, the enormous gift that God has given to us. We have so often taken it for granted. We've so often just bypassed it in, in a little song, old little town of Bethlehem. We've, we've bypassed it in all the, 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 the commercial, commercialization of all that's around us. And yet it is something that is in us every single day, every single moment, every single second, God sent his son. When we get up in the morning and we're complaining about everything, when we get up and it's not going the way we want it to have, when we have the bad hair day or we sit at work and we complain and, and, and to think that God gave his son. Wow. Whoo, Jesus, right? I mean, ultimately, ultimately, our sins deserve the penalty or the wages of sin, death. It is not for someone else to take that penalty away from us because we deserve it. And yet God sent his son into what we deserve to, to cancel our debt, to die on the cross in our place, to to forgive. <laughs> Come on. Wow. It has to be a gift of unmerited favor. I mean, that's Christ. And yet, in God's word, we are told that salvation is not of works. It's not something... It, the notion that we could do something uh, that would benefit and gain us favor with God is canceled in this scripture. You can't gain it. You can't earn it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to pay my own way. I mean, this should, this should actually resonate with this generation today, shouldn't it? In a world that is looking for something free in a world that's looking for everything just to be handed to them. Shouldn't this be the gospel that resonates in their mind that God himself has given you a free gift? He's given you a pass on sin. You can come and you can believe in him and he will wipe away every sin that you have ever performed. Wow. 
You can look through Scripture and over and over find where it says the just shall live by faith. I'm so glad that that God looks at our faith and accounts unto us for righteousness. It is nothing that we can gain. It is nothing that we can perform because, let me tell you something, as much as uh, our praise team is gracious enough to let me darken the stage every once in a while to grab a microphone because I just love to sing, my singing, I guarantee you, will not get me to heaven. It doesn't matter how many doors I knock on uh, to tell somebody about Jesus It's not my penance that will make me get into heaven. It is not how much I can put into an offering plate that will get me to heaven. It is not how good I think I am that will get me to heaven. I'm telling you, it is only by the grace of a loving Savior who was willing to leave the throne room of heaven that was willing to come here like a man like you and I who loved me enough to die on a cross for me. That is the way to heaven. Aren't you glad? For the gift of God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, you would think that, 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 Lord, even the good things I do are good, right? I mean, you would think that the holy things or the righteous things that we, that we perform would gain us some sense of favor in his sight or gain us some sense of of honor or merit that we should be able to receive the favor of God. And yet, the word of God tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and 9, not by works lest any man should boast. I mean, if you think about it, the apostle Paul said, I will boast in nothing But the cross of Calvary, right? I will boast in my weakness because I know that when I am weak, then I am made strong. Y'all love the Lord today? Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, to think that for by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, even the grace of God. I mean, the joy, the peace, the patience, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, all these are gifts. I mean, in all of the religions around the world, they're only as good as they, they're only as good as they reflect the glory of God himself. How many understand that there's some good in some religions? But they're only as good as they reflect the glory of God. How many know that even Lucifer reflected the glory of God for a season? But when we turn away from him and we take that glory to ourselves and when we think that glory emanates from us alone, even the jewels that we are adorned with by the glory of God is only good when it is reflecting his presence and his light because everything else is nothing apart from him. The Bible tells us that all have gone astray, each into his own way. Every one of us, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's no self-righteousness apart from God. He is the only way that we have received the righteousness. What does righteousness mean? You're, You're using these big words, Pastor. The only right relationship we have with God, the only connectivity we have with the Father is made 
only possible through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary because he became our substitute. He became the one who died for us and we are no longer bound in sin under the curse of sin because we have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ephesians goes on and tells us that we are the workmanship of his hands. Created in Christ Jesus for good, for, for good works in which he has prepared in advance for us to do. Even the very things that we do have already been prepared by God for us to do. So that we cannot gain the glory but that he is glorified in all and through all. Amen. <laughs> I mean, how else could a sinner achieve the grace of God? I mean, look, I'm 49 years old, and, and I will admit to you today that without the grace of God, I would still be stuck in the same place that I was 49 years ago. I still be stuck in the same sinful nature that I've always that I've always had to deal with if I if it wasn't for the love of God, if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for all that he's done for me. But thank God for the unspeakable gift, the indescribable gift of of the love of God that brought to each one of us the salvation of our soul. You know, we can continue on and on and talk about how about that gift. But you know, every gift has its privileges. Right? Every gift has privileges. And, and, and when we look at the privileges of this gift that come through salvation, I mean, first of all, the forgiveness of sins. Look, Sometimes it's hard for us to forgive. Right? Sometimes it's hard when we've been accused or we've been provoked or we've been hurt or we've been slandered or whatever. It's hard even deeper still when we have been abused and, and, and we have been thrown out or cast away. Forgiveness is hard. Sometimes it's for hard for us to forgive ourselves for the things that we've done. We can come to Christ and, and yet still harbage, harbage hatred for, uh, for ourselves because we know the, the ugliness of our life. So when you think of how hard it is to forgive others who have done something wrong to you, it's hard to forgive yourself for the things that you have done to yourself or you have caused that has hurt others. Think of the great privilege it is for a God who knows every single thing about you. A God who has been cast away, ignored on many occasions by you. A God who, 
who has given you his greatest gift that has been shunned and put on a shelf on many occasions just collecting dust because we don't uh, recognize the greatness and value that that gift brings to us. And yet he himself forgives every single one of us. What a privilege to recognize that we have been forgiven. And all that we have to do is say, Lord, forgive me. I recognize I'm a sinner. I recognize that I have caused pain. I recognize that you're the only way that I can find true happiness and hope. And the only way that I find eternal life is through you. God, please forgive me. And guess what? He's made it available. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, Christ blotted out our sin. I mean, Christ on the cross of Calvary with his hands stretched out says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Christ, who said, it is finished. What's he saying? He's saying that I have made a way for those to be pardoned and not only pardoned now, but Those who come after will be pardoned if they will just believe in what I have done, if they will just accept what I have given for them on the cross of Calvary, the greatest gift. They don't deserve it, but yet they can receive it. Thank God. (laughs) Amen. We've been justified. I know that sounds... We live in a world that wants justice. And yet in Christ Jesus, we've been justified. I mean, come on. The justice that we deserve has been cleared. I mean, everybody wants justice, but the problem is they're not willing to look in the mirror and see that they deserve the penalty. We look at everybody else's faults, and yet... Too often, we're not willing to recognize that we, too, are at fault. And yet, in Christ Jesus, we've been justified. The righteousness of Christ has been put or imputed on each one of us. Because we believe in him, now we have been, it has been implanted in us. It, ha, it has been growing in us that we are the righteousness of God. Wow. Not only have we been stamped innocent, not only have we been stamped that we have been pardoned, but now we become the glory of God in his presence. Now we become praiseworthy because we are God's children. Wow. Y'all happy? (laughs) We've been justified. We've now been called the sons of God, the children of God. I mean, look to somebody next to you and say, we are the children of God. We're the children of God. I mean, that just blows my mind. I mean, how can, how can we realize this truth that we are now his children? I mean, look, There are those who don't believe, 
and they call themselves children of God. But I'm here to tell you that unless you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are not the children of God. You are created by God. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is the Lord. But if you're not walking in Jesus Christ, then you are not the children of God. It, it pains me to hear so many people at, at funerals and say, well, now they're with Jesus, and yet they have no record of living for Jesus. The Bible tells us that you'll be known by the fruits you bear. And so, therefore, if you're walking in Jesus, then you are a child of God, right? I mean, to think that we can say, Abba, we can say, Father, to, to, to think and imagine that we have been given the spirit of adoption where we have been uh, grafted into the, the body of Christ. Look, I was adopted. When I was born, my name was Paul Bolt, B-O-L-T. But I want you to understand that you cannot find records of Paul Bolt any longer. Because at 11 years old, my wonderful stepfather adopted me. And now when you go find the records of Paul Bold, it's not there because it's been replaced. There's a Paul Dyer. And Paul Dyer's certificate doesn't say adopted. It is who I am. I'm no longer who I used to be. I'm no longer identified by the past. There's not an alias out there. There's not a past out there. I'm Paul Dyer. I'm a new person. And just as I'm a new person, I am a new person in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. All things have become new. I am in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad? Amen. Sonship leads to heirship. Think about this. I mean, so many people's looking for their lost rich uncle. Oh, my uncle from such, you know, from uh, millenniums back. <laughs> Waiting on a check from that one person who's died that just might have me written in their inheritance. And yet in Christ Jesus, we are sons and daughters. Yet in Christ Jesus, we have now become heirs in the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. The Bible says we are joint heirs with Jesus. We are joint heirs with the, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Everything that is his, he is saying it is yours. We can walk the streets of gold and we can say, that's mine. Oh, come on, somebody. We can look at the gates of pearl and say, that's mine. Come on. Right? We have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. Although those who are poor spending I mean, I walk into to a gas station and, and see someone there who can barely pay their bills and they're putting down a $100 bill to buy a few lottery tickets. And I'm thinking, oh dear God, if that's the hope they have, they've lost the hope. But I can tell you, the word of God says, lay up, lay not your treasures where moth and rust do club or lay your treasures in heaven. Come on, somebody. For where your treasure is there will your heart be also. I want to know that my home is in glory. I want to know that I am walking in an inheritance of him. My hope is not on this world. My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Come on. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. He's the only way. He's the only truth, and he's the only life. He's the one I long for. He's the one I lean into. He's the one that protects me and covers me when everything else is going wrong. I can trust in him. Whoa. Woo! I don't know about y'all, but I just, to think of all this, 
I want her to shout and run and dance. Hallelujah. Could we deserve that? Could we do anything humanly possible to gain that type of favor with God that he would declare us his children, that he would then tell us that we are heirs, joint heirs with his son, Jesus Christ. There's no impossible way. Can't be done. It can't even be imagined. It has to be a gift. And in such a gift, it is unspeakable. Hallelujah. But then, not only have we have sonship, not only... Do we, do we find forgiveness and made sons and, 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 and heirs with Christ Jesus? But we now are made one with Christ Jesus. Uh, wow. I mean, we are members of his body. Right? To think that we are one with him, that we are members of his body. And that we, wherever we go, we represent the presence of God. Wherever we go, we carry the authority. We sang that, I have the authority. Right? I mean, we have that authority. How many people are living below the authority line because they don't recognize the authority they have in Christ Jesus, that they are the children of God? And as we walk in the name of Jesus Christ, as we walk in the power and anointing of God, we carry the glory of God wherever we go. It is this reason that the, that the Word of God tells us in Mark chapter 16 that these signs shall follow them that believe, right? That they'll lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. Come on, they will drink deadly poisons and will not hurt them. They can take up snakes and it will not bother them. Why? Because we are walking as Jesus Christ. Amen. Such a privilege cannot be purchased, cannot be bargained for, it cannot be passed down from grandma to mama to child. It is something that has to be professed from our mouth. It is something that has to be walked out in our life. It's something that we have to grasp hold of and believe. Amen? I could go on and on. Somebody pre prepare for a landing, all right? Prepare for a landing. What are the consequences of accepting this privilege? What are the... What is it that we grab a hold of that we manifest because we have this privilege. If, if we possess a bless, <laughs> this union with Christ, guess what? You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you Say, he is my Lord and my master. You are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and you are made to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. God created you for that purpose. 
But when you accept the Lord Jesus, you are filled with the Spirit of God. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we, 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 want, we, we come into church and we, we talk about, man, we just want the Spirit of God move to move. We want the Spirit of God to manifest, and yet He's in us. And yet it is us who have to allow Him to move. We can look across the congregation and say, why aren't they worshiping or why aren't they lifting their hands? Why aren't they excited? Well, you know what? Why aren't you? It just might be that if you come prepared, how many know that this is, this is the place where we come in jubilation of what God has done throughout the week? This is where we come to, to be rejuvenated and express to the glory of God, his saving grace and how wonderful he is. And it is in this place that we declare the glories of God. It is in this place that we can come together and we can share the testimony of each other and say, we made it another week. And we come in with an excitement and a zeal ready to worship God because he made it another week. But if we're constantly coming with empty tanks... And we're constantly coming, waiting for someone else to lift us up. Then we have missed the mark. Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is he reigning in his temple? Is he seated on the throne in the temple that he has created? Is he, is he exalted and lifted up on the throne of your heart? How often do you magnify him? How often do you worship him? How often do you bow down before the king of glory and welcome him in? How often do you recognize that his presence is not just on Sunday mornings? But it's every day of the week. It's every moment of the week. It's every time I get up. It's every time I fail. Everything, he's still God and he still wants to be on the throne. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. The consequence of worshiping him is that, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And as, as such, the temple of the Holy Spirit, we have the peace that passes all understanding. Can you imagine if Jesus did not walk in the peace of God? I mean, for real, guys. He would be anxious all the time. They're out to get me. Right? Oh, they hate me. Oh, they speak bad things about me. But something of knowing that you are in Christ Jesus, for there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. When we grab a hold of the privileges that we find in the gift of salvation, we can be more than overcomers over every other thing that comes our way. We can know that no matter if the world falls apart, that we have peace with God. We can know that if we've been dragged down the streets of Jerusalem, being beat and cast out, spit on, 
beard plucked and a crown of thorns forced on our head that we can still look to the Father and in peace say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Oh, that's too high of a standard, Pastor Paul. What about Stephen? Stephen, just an evangelist, just a servant of God, could sit down on his knees as they cast stones that would rock his world. And as he was dying, the onlookers saw the presence of God over him, his countenance. Why? Because he recognized that the privilege of God was more important than the things of this world. This is not my home. God, I'm telling you, we as the children of God have to be so careful not to be over-invested into the world because we've diverted more joy, attention, favor to the world than we often do to the creator of the world. What is this favor? I mean, when... When the beggar receives, he doesn't bless the hand that takes, but he blesses the hand that gives. We've been given so much, but how often have we turned a blind eye to the gift that we've been given? How often have we made that gift small? minute and little. How often have we just lived our own lives, going our own way, doing our own thing, and, and all of a sudden, oh, Sunday's here, got a good church. How often do we live in that manner until somebody gets sick and then, and then we're calling everybody, pray, 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 pray. But when's the last time we prayed? know my heart my heart is for you to realize the enormity that God has given us the gift is beyond measure you can want bicycles and Legos and motorcycles and all these gifts that the world can offer but God's given us the greatest gift and how often have we shared that with those we love how often have we spent time to make sure that that gift is the most important? I had the privilege, Amy, we're praying for Amy's mom who's been sent home on hospice. But I went in fr um, Friday, I think it was Friday, sometime last week. I went in and was sharing with her, just talking, and, and she couldn't talk. She's, she, said, she said, tell the doctor to come here and take this mask off of me. And I said, I'm sorry, sis, but that's the only thing that's keeping you breathing. I said, Mom, more than anything else, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And she said, yes, I do. 
Amen. Look, do I want to give gifts to my kids? Absolutely. I want, I want to see my kids blessed. My dad talked about growing up. He said, you know, we were so poor, we didn't know, that we, didn't know we was poor. Some of the, the greatest toys they had was a, a, a bicycle um, wheel with a stick that they'd roll down the street. I mean, and they was happy. I want my kids to have things, but more than anything, I want them to have Jesus. In this season, I know that we're jumping, we're at a jumping off point, and, and, and I didn't even get to the, you know, the other six pages of notes. <laughs> Last point, I'll jump to the last point, and I might cover the other five pages next week. The last point is, is it, the verse starts off with, thanks be unto God for his undescribable, unspeakable gift. How often are we thankful for the gift that God's given? Today, I'm not going to assume that anyone is right where they need to be with Jesus Christ. If there's someone in this room today that says, Pastor, I'm not where I should be with the Lord Jesus. And I have shunned the gift. I have not recognized how enormous that gift is. But today, I want to accept that gift. I want to accept Jesus as my personal Savior. Today could be that day. Today could be the transformation of your life. Maybe you say, Pastor, I've accepted him in the past, but I've not lived like I should. And today I want to rededicate my life. Today I want to turn my life back over to the Lord, and I want to surrender to him. If that's you, would you, would you make your way to this altar? Today could be your day. Today, why not? Why wait? Why, why contemplate? If you know that that's who you are, if... if if the mail has been read and your name is on it, then step out. Open the mail. Open the heart and let God in. Today could be your day. Come on. Don't wait. I know you're out there. How many have a loved one that you know needs this gift? How many know the Word of God says, it's not my will for any to perish, but to all to come to repentance. When you raise your hand, I want us to believe together. Raise your hand again if you say you have someone that, you, that needs, needs salvation. Can we raise the other hand and believe together today? Father, Lord, I thank you, God, that you have made a way that I don't deserve. You've made a way that I can't, I can't do anything to gain. But God, your word says that by faith I can believe. I can believe. Even the faith that I have to believe is from you. And today, God, I thank you for the gift that you've given. I thank you, God, for the love that you have bestowed on me. I thank you for the, the privileges that I find 
in you, Lord Jesus. I don't deserve these privileges. I don't deserve what you have given. But God, today I accept that gift. And today I pray for ones in this room right now who raise their hands and says, I have a, a loved one. I have a son, a daughter, a spouse that needs Jesus. I pray that, God, you will make a way in the, in the darkness. That you will make a way in the wilderness, Lord. Wherever they are, even today, God, I pray that you will send someone to speak into their life. Lord, that they will know truth and that the truth will set them free. That today they will experience your love and recognize that you are the only gift. You're the greatest gift. Lord, not your will. Not your will for them to perish or for them to come to repentance. I pray your will be done in their life. That your will be done in their homes. And your will be done in their families. God, I thank you, Jesus, that you love us and you called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. And today, God, we repent. Today, we ask you to forgive us for, for our mediocre lives. Forgive us for so often putting you on the shelf. Forgive us for so often making you the second choice or putting you out to the distance. But God, I pray that today as we hear this word, that as your word declares, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you, that we will come close to you today and experience your love. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give God praise in the house? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise your name. Tonight, last month, we did a unity service, a district service here, the last Sunday of the month. This is the last Sunday of this month. And tonight, we're going to be going at Advanced Church, which is the old uh, Green Meadow Church of God on Hunt Road. Um, Yours truly will be bringing the word. Uh, Lakin uh, Golden from North Lenore will be leading the worship. Uh, we're going to have a great time in the Lord. We'll, we'd love to see you there. Love to have a, an amen corner if you want to come say a little amen. I'd appreciate it. And would appreciate your prayers this afternoon, you know, as uh, being prepared for that. Because I know that God, God's going to move tonight. I believe that. Amen. And, and we're going to be doing this once a month. Uh, we will skip December, but in uh, January we'll be at the, the Meadow. Uh, we're going to be going around from church to church, and we'd love to have you guys participate in that. How many know that God wants us to be unified? That's right. Amen. Amen. And so we would love to have you to participate and be a part of that with us. I love you guys. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I pray that uh, throughout these upcoming weeks that you will make sure you recognize the greatest gift. Amen. God bless you. Say, well, welcome to those who are our uh, guests today. If you, if you would, if you would fill out a, um, a visitor's card, we'd appreciate it. We won't harass you. We just want a record of your visit. Uh, if you are a part of the church and you have not signed up for our, um, our text that we send out for events, if you would, uh, if you would see Stephanie... 
Stephanie. If you'll see Miss Stephanie, she'll get you one of those forms. And uh, we'd love for you to be on that list that you are being updated and all that stuff. God bless you guys. Shake somebody's hand. Let them know you're happy to see them here.